Welcome to this week's episode of the Human AF Podcast. It was taken from a potent conversation I had a few years back with a member of my radical acceptance group, where we dove into boundaries and the damned if you do, damned if you don't corner they put us in and how freaking hard it can be for empathetic and intuitive humans to do without feeling like an a-hole. My guest is Lucianne Kleisen, an artist and creative trailblazer breaking the societal norms that come with diet culture, body conformity, and anti-aging bullshittery. Please, before you listen, forgive the connective challenges we face during this recording. In spite of them, the content holds serious water for us today and opens doors for anyone struggling to find their feet around this topic. You can expect a candid discussion on vulnerability, tears, and why expressing yourself can sometimes feel like a daunting and overwhelming burden in this life. The good news is we also break down specific strategies you can put into place right away. So grab your journal to note whatever rings a bell for you as you navigate the murky waters of boundaries and the often frustrating emotions that come with building healthy relationships with people you care about. I look forward to hearing what you take away from what Lucianne and I discuss, knowing we've really just scratched the surface on a much bigger topic. So without further ado, here it is. Welcome to Human AF, a podcast where we explore the unfiltered truth about life, love, loss, and all the WTF moments that come with the human experience. Each episode, you'll witness real people sharing real stories, authentic experiences, and offering wisdom through raw moments that make us who we are and who we're becoming together. Boundaries. Boundaries. Uh, What they are, why they're important, all the WTFs that come up around creating them and how, you know, some of the hows. We're not going to be able to cover everything because it's quite a big topic, but I really want to explore it. Um, what I love is bringing in real people that are living it and, I don't know, there's, there's a word for it, but it's just more authentic, I think, is probably the word, and actually have those conversations. I'm here. Welcome, Lucianne. Am I pronouncing your name properly? Yes, yes, Lucianne is it. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Anything you feel like you want to share, um, and actually where you're where you're chiming in from? Uh, I'm I'm um, calling in from uh, the Netherlands, so from Europe. And um, I I like your work because I really it really resonates with me. Um, because I'm a high sensitive person and um, I'm still working on actually seeing that as not a bad thing. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that come come along here that I can really relate to. I'm really so. glad you're here. So Lucien and I, um, I don't know how we met. I think we might've met in Summer Internet's group. Yeah, I think so, yes. Yeah, and um, Heather, um, Heather, where did Heather come from? Um, Summer is uh, has this incredible community about body posit that promotes body positivity. And um, if I may, Lucianne, you are starting. I'm really appreciating about what you're talking about. Can you share a little bit about that about H Po and O Po? Uh, right. Yeah. So I started 
I've, I've done um, quite some therapy in my life um, uh, to uh, in relation to an eating disorder and you know the things that caused the eating disorder and all that and I started I think last August with the program that Sama does on uh, body image uh, body acceptance and um, I think that was very helpful so um, as I always say I do the body acceptance and age acceptance at the same time so <laughs> I'm quite late at getting to this point where I am now but I think yeah uh, it's helping me a lot and um, I'm still on the journey so well I'm going to tell a little bit about what it's like watching you so just just a little just a minute or two because what I love about uh, Lucian's um, I don't know if it's a movement, but it's like you're working with another woman and I forget her name. So maybe you might want to mention her, but it's like your, your Instagram posts and even your Facebook posts, they're always about, um, there's something about uh, clothing, the clothing that you wear and how you look in it and really pulling out a middle finger um, to, <laughs> to um, perceptions of people and even, you know, making, um, even saying like, well, you look flattering in that, or that looks flattering and really throwing a middle finger up at that. I've really appreciated those posts. Um, ah, yeah, is there anything? Yeah, yeah, well, so we, can you tell me about that? Yeah, well, 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 it's funny because I, I, I think I might have, we might have talked about this before, but I feel I'm sort of reverting to my 16 year old self at this point in life. Mm -hmm. And I always liked, um, I'm not like I'm not fashionable like trend follower, but I always like you know certain ways of dressing, and I was in these um, Facebook groups that all ended up like they were plus size Facebook fashion groups, and then all they talk about is is it flattering, meaning do you look thinner than you are, or you know younger than you are, or are you too old to wear this, or whatever all these criteria that actually don't mean anything to me. So I thought I'd just start my own group. And um, uh, Beth uh, Platt joined me because she, she was an outfit person as well. So we're uh, admitting it together and having a lot of fun with that. And uh, uh, we get more and more people joining and, and just have fun, you know, fun with fashion and get rid of all the rules. And sometimes I don't feel comfortable what I think I'm going to do it anyway because I, I, I just want to wear it. I, I'm a fan of... Um, a fashion designer who lives in my city in Eindhoven, and she is fifty something, and uh, she she makes all this. I love all her clothes. They don't all look good or fit my body, but I love all of them. And she's my example, you know, my role model, because she says oh, sometimes I think, "Are oh, you really too old for this?" And then a minute later, I think, "Ah, oh, fuck it, I'll just wear it anyway." You know, <laughs> I think yes. That's it. That, that's what I want to do because it's it's just it's not important. It's just clothes, but you know. But why? it is at the yeah. same time. Yeah, it's a it's a way of expressing yourself. So you can all see why I love Lucienne and what she's doing, and just um, yeah, I just love that. I think that's really a daring thing to do, and just owning your own place in the world, your your own spot at the table. So I just wanted to give a little bit of that. And what's the name of the group? It's called Fetties, actually. Which F -A -T -T -I -E -S. Stands for, yeah, which stands for fashionistas are truly terrific at every size. Mm 
Well, we'll be posting a link to that. Uh, boundaries. So when we talk about boundaries, um, I guess the first thing I want to know is what are we talking about? Um, what's your definition of boundaries? Uh, yeah. What would what would be? What is uh, yeah? What are what are boundaries for you? Because I've been thinking about this. You know, this is a topic that I'm still working on a lot, and and. Boundaries for me are like the the things that make me feel that feel right to me. So there could be lots of different things. It could be in work or um, you know the way people treat you or things. Um, I don't know, like invasive questions and things like that. Um, uh, and. I find it very. I find it very hard. I always find it very hard, and I, I've been thinking about. It. it would be really interesting to know if other people experience that as well. Like a few things, um, I can feel it if the other person is like angry or you know really disappointed, and I want to make them feel good. Um, so I don't like setting that boundary. And the other thing is because uh, you know it gives a bad feeling. And, and the other thing is that if I used to set boundaries as a kid, they were always stepped upon straight away. So I got that message, maybe that um, my boundaries didn't matter or that I didn't matter. And usually if people step on it, it goes really badly. It, it ends really badly as well. Um, so it has something to do with not feeling hurt or worth it to have that um, and I thought this might sound really odd, but because we live in a democracy, you know, yeah. we, we think the majority is always right. So if you're the one person, say, not even complaining, but saying, you know, the light is bothering me or it's so noisy or I don't have enough space or whatever. And yeah. then everyone is like, oh, you know, you're too sensitive and don't be so fussy and all that. And because they're the majority, that makes me doubt, like I'm wrong because I'm the minority, and it makes me doubt myself. Yeah, because I think, yeah, all right, maybe they're right. I'm, I am too sensitive and fussy, and I should just not be so difficult. That when majority rules, it must mean that I'm wrong, or yeah. that if I'm not in the majority, then I don't have a say. Yeah, that's and I think that's one. really, really yeah. important for us. Yeah, I'm in about how you see boundaries because here's how I, I feel like as empaths, as deep feelers, as a highly sensitive people, open, whatever you want to call it, deep feelers or an empath. I think that, um, us type of people, uh, we have a particular issue with that because we do show up so open and we do uh, feel into other people and their energy, their feelings and things like that. Um, I, I don't think it's our, so here's what I think. I don't think it's actually our natural state to put anything between in some way uh, ourselves and others. Like when we're born to me, there was just this naive feeling of like, I'm here, I'm here to help. I'm here to show up. I'm here to like heal or there was something. Now that when I look back at it, I really see that leaning in energy of like, of course, <laughs> of yeah. course. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we came here to share we came here to connect. We came here to what happens is people, you know, 
make it their impressions and they, they were open to abuse. Um, they don't reciprocate um, and we don't learn how to support or nourish ourselves. And so it becomes just an outgoing door of like, uh, like almost an assumption that, well, if I don't get anything back, well, I've got nothing else to do except for have this gift or have this inclination. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's almost like an innocent uh, by deducting. It's like, well, okay, so apparently people are this way in terms of giving it to me or giving something back to me. So I'll just keep doing this thing that I do. And then to me, it leaves um, a lot of us with empty shelves, uh, with like no restocking system. Uh, which it leads to things like burnout, uh, resentment, shame, blame. And then, yeah. you know, with some of us, shut down. Yeah. And to I, me, there's, I, you know, so what do you want to say to that? That's, no, that's, I had a few burnouts really badly because it's at work at, as well. I'm very bad at the boundaries setting and sticking to it. And you get the resentment and, shame and resentment is because it takes too long before you set the boundary so you're already really irritated and you know um, uh, uh, annoyed and angry and, and whatever so if you set the boundary you don't do it like tactfully anymore <laughs> you know? oh my god okay so now you're talking about what i call the cornered animal syndrome yeah yeah which is like so, um, so that's important to talk about because I guess what I want to say, it's really hard to set a boundary when you're reacting, like in a way, I, I think it is. Um, it's not that you can't, we can get into the how, you know, in a little bit, but it's just really highlighting the, the, oh gosh, what is it? It's like a whole mixture of things. It's really chaotic in that place of reactivity. Like when you've had an experience or you like you said, you've said it too late. So you're already holding that, like, I should have, I could have, I would have, um, maybe blame you want to, is like, do one of these, which is like, you're making me, uh, this is annoying. You said annoying and irritated. It's like, I'm irritated that I even have to address this. And yeah. the pointing was pointing at all the people that were making me have to deal with this shit. Yeah, right? to have to see that I either didn't have a boundary or I wasn't enforcing one or whatever. And I just felt like I was being called out or, but I didn't, I don't think I was fully switched on uh, either. I just felt super reactive. And then I would feel like a cornered animal, not knowing how yeah. to process any of that energy or emotion or how I interpreted it. And then we're just like these ticking time bombs. Yeah, I know. I usually have them. <laughs> I'll start crying which is not good. I, I think I had two crying sessions with my, uh, with the director of faculty, who is very much not into emotions at all. So it doesn't go down all that well. And it's not because I'm sad. It's just because I'm super frustrated and actually really pissed off. I, I'm so glad you said that because I would have the same experience when I, um, I had to, I had to finally learn that, that I actually believed for a long time that when I cried, it just proved that I was fundamentally broken. 
<laughs> so I don't know if anybody can relate to this. Yeah, yeah. I used to um, think that, but now I think it's just it's frustration. It's it like was. I don't feel heard or listened to or I don't get the space. Uh, we're just communicating at a different level, you know. I'm 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 into that emotional, practical, this is what's happening, and someone else is talking about rules, you know, or budget, or I don't know, something. Yeah, it's a completely different, different level. Yeah. And it's almost like that train's already left the station, and it's like, well, this is happening now. It's like, this is, I'm crying, and I'm at work, um, and everyone's interpreting this way, and and I wish I, you know, it just, it really exacerbates the whole thing. And I've been there, you know, several times. Um, you know, my story with was quite simple in a way, but it was also from a place of complete depletion. Mm-hmm. So a little bit about that was where I had, um, you know, growing up, I had learned from a very deep feeling woman, my mother, and she was so considerate and so loving and so uh giving to people that I just learned that that was how it was. I would just learned it. Well, that's what you do. It's like you give everything. And so for a while I almost romanticized it, like almost like a windswept cover of a romance novel, like, which by the way, also looks like a little bit of martyrdom. Um, But I didn't know that what martyrdom was at the time, which was that I'm sacrificing everything because of this noble thing that I do, this noble way of being. That's a, that, that's a c- completely different in from from where I came from, but that's why I find it interesting. Sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you. No, I think I think it's I think it's helpful to know that we can each step in. Like I think it's important the feelings are the same about the stepping over or not being valued or whatever, but how it shows up can be very different. And I'm really glad to open that up um, for people so that they're like, oh, not the same, but me too. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so for me, it was a, a, almost a series of, and this sounds harsh, but to almost say predators or abusers, uh, people that I would take their hands. That's the gesture that I'm making, which is I'm taking their hand. Mm-hmm. I would take their hand because I would see the good. Uh, I think empaths in particular, we are, I've said it in other broadcasts, whereas I'm really being informed that we are like the, the purest mm-hmm. form of light. Um, and we love with everything and there are there are many of us and it is like like a moth to a flame you know we end up getting the good the bad and the ugly drawn to us so for me it was just this a series up until my 20s of abusers um and gosh even into my 30s if i think about my bosses (laughs) you know welcoming people in that you know i i just saw the good i i would see the good in them Mm. and i would go on this experience so it was in my mid twenties when I had been in a really emotionally abusive relationship with a man in, in the United Kingdom when I lived there. And, you know, he, he innocently, I don't think he totally knew what he was doing. Like, I really don't. I don't really think there was an intent to take everything from my, uh, there was almost like this vampirish energy about like wanting uh, energy, wanting my light, wanting. Um, and I almost was led to feel guilty uh, mm-hmm. by even having it. So I had to leave that relationship. I had nothing left, but it's amazing what we can do when we still have nothing. So I, I also want to, <laughs> even when you have no boundaries, you can leave. I, I had, to, it was drastic. I had to leave the country, um, mm-hmm. and come home. 
And the turning point was where I, I stopped and, and, but was to slow down and really look, um, really look, really tune in, not only tune in to what my outside life was telling me, like who were the characters in my play uh, where I'm the starring role, uh, but you know, how am I engaging with them? What's going on? You know, where, where do things start to feel weird or not good? And it was really simple, almost elementary level language. Um, and, and so what I, what I did was I wrote down all the things that had happened that felt bad. I was like, this happened, that. And so for me, it was being compromised. I was continuously being compromised. And that word kept coming up. Look at where I was compromised there, compromised there, compromised there. And so I, you know, I wanted to really change that. But slowing down and tuning in, first and foremost, to see it is like one of the most vulnerable acts I think we can actually do. Um, because it brings up a lot of stuff. So, um, but it helped me see where I was, where I was being compromised and there wasn't a lot of not being compromised. So, yeah, um, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I find that interesting because my, my it's, it started for me quite differently because I, ha I have grown up with having to deal with like earn the law kind of thing and with uh, narcissism, not mine, but yeah. someone else's. So I was just, I think, unconsciously trained in I need to make this person happy, which it's impossible. So, you know, there's those things you need to do it or you're not worth it. But at the same time, it's impossible. But you don't realize that as a, as a kid. So you just feel, you know, guilty and inadequate and all those things. But what you say about relationships, I find interesting. I do recognize that because I actually had two like serious stalkers, mm -hmm. one in high school and one in my 20s. And I've been thinking like, why well, was it still doing therapy? And I haven't figured this out. Like, it must be something I'm doing that I attract these people. And, and what you say really resonates with me that it is that thing that I see the good in, in them. So I don't want to be nasty or something. Like, I think, oh, you know, this poor guy who is so in love and you know, is actually nice and I don't want to make him feel even worse or whatever. But um, that, that both times was like really, really bad. And like for a long time and I had serious, like I needed help of like police intervention to, you know, even years and years later, because I, I lived in Australia for a long time and, um, this talker from the Netherlands, actually, even 16 years later, still trying to find me on, you know, social media and thing. I used to have a blog, and all of a sudden, he would start reacting to it, which is like, why is he still looking for me? So yeah, so I and I think that's it because I can't see them as. Well, at some point, you think this person is like crazy, but I still wouldn't see it as necessarily bad. Like I wanted to get rid of it, but obviously there was something wrong with me handling boundaries there, you know? Not everyone gets stalkers. So, 
must must no, be something that don't. I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. No, so because I think like I'm not famous or anything, you know, or super beautiful or whatever. It's not that. It's something else that attracts the stalker, and it has something to do with not having those boundaries, apparently. Well, I think it's you know we 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 look see that's where we turn on our hearts. We look well. Who's the who's the common denominator? I mean, I I I don't know if I fully played that game. But for some reason, when I went back to review, mm -hmm. there was an opportunity for me to be like, well, look, I'm the main character in all this, so I must be the problem. I think there was some of that for sure, but I, I didn't hang out in it too long. Um, I mean, actually, that's not totally true. I think I, think, I, think I did. Um, which I think that is fair. Like, I think we, so this almost goes into the responsibility, like being responsible and feeling responsible. What am I responsible for? So, um, so there's almost, it's, to me, it's this emotional math, this empath math. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> empath math, which is we show up open and it draws, draw people in the good. We'll call them the bad and the ugly. Um, and, but the thing is, we only actually really even see the potential in everybody. And I don't want to be too blanket statement, but I think that there's just more of a tendency when we're young um, to hold that for other people. Like, oh, no, like, uh, like, and then we would later on be like, oh, I should have known or I could have known or how could I be so naive or how could have I said yes when that, or when I wanted to say no, all those things. And we can beat ourselves up. But, yeah, there's almost a fundamental equation there about, of course, that's why, that's why it's, it's, um, and it, and it's, a almost a, what I want to say is a compliment, but it's, it's not to be like, you know, <laughs> it doesn't feel like, that. right. Okay. That's why I don't want to say compliment, but it's got the vibe of it. Like that. It's a really good quality. We cannot throw out the good quality. Um, mm. you can't throw that out, uh, and make the whole thing wrong. You just, mm. you start to see the, you know, the pieces of it. Our sister definitely pulled. And by the way, that was my relationship, that last relationship. Mm. He was very, he was not well. He, you know, he suffered from depression, um, had, you know, some narciss narcissistic tendencies, almost a borderline personality, like um, from one extreme to the other. And I was just like, there was something very indulgent about like being with somebody that was was really all over the spectrum I, and I'm just I'm only saying that for the first time now <laughs> I'm like just totally picking up on that like I can now see why I was so attracted to this person mm. um so I don't know if that's helping anybody maybe that's important for me to say because I'm like wow no wonder I was also drawn to him but it was also tricky because once you got in the web then you were in the web with all these other qualities of wanting to help or heal or support or give, give, get into trouble. I bet that's sort of what we're talking about right now. Like how do we get ourselves into a place where we were in that web and we're like, you know, stuck. Um, you know, what is it, what is it, first of all, what does it mean to set boundaries? You know, how, it, what is, um, what does it actually give you? Well, it will, it will bring you like peace of mind and like that not feeling cornered feeling. Because with, with the stalker, I know some people think it's like a romantic thing, but it's not. It's actually, it 
it's like more like bullying and um it, it really messes with your head and in your whole life i can imagine narcissist relationship is difficult but at least you can go away like when it's with your parents you can't well, I mean, you know, some people have have cut ties with people. I mean, I think that's some that's a choice that we need to make, um, that we can make. We don't need to, but we can make it. Like I talk about the opportunities, that's an yeah, opportunity. As a, as an adult, you can, but not a, as a kid. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Oh, no, for sure. Exactly. So you've so almost kind of got to do your time. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. But by then, it's so ingrained in your system that, and I'm I'm sure that's why I have. You know problems with self-esteem and, and self-confidence and self-worth things mm -hmm. is, has something to do with that so that's why i think once i learn to work with the boundaries that will actually help the other things as well mm -hmm. sort of reinforces each other you don't feel like um worthy but unconsciously probably worthy enough to set the boundaries mm -hmm. as i said I always doubt, like I feel guilty and I doubt to set boundaries or I don't know. And and that's where the stalker steps on your boundaries. Because if you say, you know, I don't want you to wait for me around every corner, etc., etc., and just keep doing it, obviously it doesn't really work setting the boundary. Mm -hmm. I find that I have a lot of experience with if I try and set the boundary, people just step on it anyway. Well, and okay, so let's talk about that. So I think this is really helpful for other people to hear. What it is to me, I hear like protecting your space, protecting mm. your time and protecting your energy and um, or respecting. Yeah. I, I get the word respect a lot around boundaries yeah. and to respect your own space, time and energy um, and how that impacts the relationship you have with yourself. Yeah. and with the world and you've met, brought up a lot of stuff why are we afraid of establishing boundaries uh because we don't want to be mean because yeah. we want to see the best in people because we want to actually here's what i loved about what you said is that i don't want to it reminds me of when um it's like we 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 want to be the loving we we are that loving person we are that deep feeling caring person. So for me to, there's almost like that for me to have a boundary, there's almost this like, you know, blocked of like, well, maybe I won't be able to be that anymore. Maybe I'll have to change. And yeah. we don't fundamentally want to change that. So I want to bring a little bit of light to that because if people are struggling, it's like, well, maybe that's what it is. Maybe there's a part of me that doesn't know how to because it believes that if I set a boundary, I'm going to have to change. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, on, on some level. You, yeah. yeah. It's funny because I, I, I really related to you talking about light a lot because my name is from, you know, St. Lucia, the bringer of light. Mm -hmm. I know I thought that's my, that's my thing, you know. That's me. <laughs> like literally, I come into work and I get up the blinds so we actually have some sunlight in that room instead of it being dark and sitting there on the fluorescent bulbs, which I hate. Yeah, the bringer of the light. And I guess what I'm aware of is that um, the moment things changed for me, 
and and maybe you know I can talk about this and Lucy and you can jump in with your like yeah but what about this or what about that is that, mm -hmm. is that cool yeah so when I came back from England I just felt like what am I going to do I started looking at all my things and I I came up with what I called a like a how could I change? I was like, okay, if I want to have love in my life, if I want to actually intersect with human beings and feel safe in myself um, and feel like I can restock my shelves, because I'm telling you, they were so bare and they were like a Walmart of bare shelves. That's how it felt. <laughs> and I thought, it's going to take me forever to fill this back up. Um, and this one, I was like, okay, well, now I can identify. I'm, I'm used to compromising myself. And I really took responsibility for the fact that I had a thing. I was, um, I was a part of that equation that, yeah, people were going to come in and put their hand on the situation or say their words, or maybe even physically cross a boundary. I don't know whatever that is for anybody out there, but like they're going to come in and make their impression, say their piece. And about I'm responsible for not only the energy I bring to a relationship, my life, the relationship I have with myself, the relationship I have with the energy that I hold, that's mine. And I get to take full responsibility of who I surround myself with and how that even feels. Um, yeah. My responsibility is to pay attention. And what I, what I did was like, okay, well, how could I stop this cycle of me giving, 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 or expending energy, time, and space, and like being infringed upon? Because I didn't want to feel like a victim anymore. I didn't want to feel like what I had seen growing up that, that, you know, people did sort of, um, you know, my mother or other deep feelers around me, they did seem exhausted all the time. And I was starting to notice similarities and just hurt feelings all the time. Frankly, it just made hurt feelings and, and victimhood and nobody wants wow. to be called a victim, but yet it feels like you're being victimized, right? Victimized of a crime, victimized of being stalked, victimized like your space and all your stuff being infringed upon. And so I came up, I was like, okay, I'm going to make a list of all the things I can change on. I couldn't think of one more after it, which was anytime I feel compromised, I'll speak up. Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm just thinking that I'm doing that more and sometimes it works like because I'm a, a teacher. So if I have a lot of classes and, you know, I see lots of people all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I usually don't feel like seeing more people on my time off because I need you know my my half part introvert needs like <laughs> quiet and silence so and I thought I, I'd go and have lunch by myself in the cafe instead of the cafeteria and I was I only sat there for like three minutes and a colleague showed up and like oh you know have fun can I sit down here and have lunch and I actually said well you know I hope you know sorry but I actually had planned to have lunch by myself so and and you know they were a bit disappointed and I thought it was odd I could feel that but that they went away so it's like nice I have half an hour to myself but I had it in a meeting only uh, on Friday that a colleague it was like a table with you could sit seat like six people and there was someone sitting at the corner so I left like an empty seat between us so we both have space and when the meeting starts, this person just gets up and says, oh, it's so weird. We're sitting so far from each other. It's like one chair. And sit down right next to me and said something like, or do you need your space? You know? And I was like, yeah, actually, 
I mostly do, but you know, but then you, it would be so rude saying get up again and sit somewhere else. So I didn't. But I sit next to this person, which is really wrong vibes for me. And uh, you know, for an hour and a half, it was like exhausting. So yeah. it's the thing like what he's you can't you can't say anything with that. It's it's too rude. So the word discernment kind of comes up because then now we're talking about being truthful, being able to decide, uh, ah. deciding and choosing, uh, being choosy about what I say or like the choices, knowing that I do have choice. But uh, and sometimes it, if you're not used to it, it's like, oh, God, how would you? Yeah, because um, sometimes you can't see things coming like you just yeah. can't. Yeah. It's like in the moment. And this is so interesting. Um to bring into it, but there's so much around forgiveness in this process of noticing boundaries, uh, learning how to establish them and, and doing them in real time or, or not real time. So mm. there's so much to talk about this. <laughs> there's so much. So I'm, uh, this is a huge, huge cornerstone around uh, helping empaths flip the switch about them being, you know, taken from or like depleted and all this sort of stuff into a place where they are fortified and they are strong and they know and they fill up. And then, you know, the community, their people, the world gets the overflow. Yeah. And some like myths out there that we're supposed to be so put together that we're supposed to know exactly what to say, like right in the moment. Um, and then this whole idea of like, do I tell the truth? So there's a lot going on here. I don't, I don't want to muddy the waters too much, but um, discernment is to be like, okay, you, you know, you could have said, you could have said this, or you could have said that could is a lot friendlier than should. Cause it means yeah. you've got some choice. <laughs> like, like, you already, already like sitting there. You know? it was like, okay, <laughs> How dare I, she? Right? I say like, yes, I, I usually need my space, but I think this is not going anywhere. You know? Well, it's almost like negotiating. So they say, you know, they joke. So by the way, I totally believe they totally picked up on the boundary. That's why they mentioned it when they sat down, which I think is fascinating if we actually look at that. I mean, yeah. it was exactly why you did it. So isn't that cool that they actually said, oh, is that because you need space? And you could have thrown over a few more inches because this is the negotiating, like that's the discernment. It's like, I'll let you sit there, meaning I have no choice really. And it's not even, but it's like, and maybe I'll move over a few inches and maybe we'll joke about it. You know, maybe I'll make light of it and be like, anyway, like just to make it comfortable for myself. Um, because then there's this truth telling piece. It's like, do I tell the truth? And up until a certain point, I was told by one of my um, spiritual mentors, I was working with Chris Dorkies actually. And he helped me see that I'd been living this vow of telling the truth at all costs that I had this like deep seated vow of I must tell the truth at all cost, and how that kept me in conflict a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah, yeah, I do. Because to me, I was all, I recognized that one. Yeah. He kindly said, he gave me this great example. He's like, that would be like if one of your kids was in trouble with the cops and they come running in the door and they're hiding under the bed. And then the cops show up and they're like, have you seen your son? And you'd be like, yeah, he's under the bed. <laughs> like, right um, and uh and them just you know going and taking him away or whatever and you see you know discernment 
comes into play about choice. And then I want, what I want to say is about values. You know, you start looking mm -hmm. at, well, what's the value I'm honoring by telling the truth? Is it by just, is the value truth telling? Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just telling the truth, but maybe there's other values that also can kind of um, move in and out of, of your living scenario, which is kindness or respect, or um, maybe there's situations where love is more important than telling the truth. Um, and I think that's important to bring into the space because I don't think we often give that, see, we don't slow down and we don't tune in and we don't give space or time in between our answers to be like, let me think about that. You know, that, that is a reflection on them. And sometimes we also have to own the fact, have I communicated with them? Which I think a lot of us, I think that's very vulnerable for us to do. I think a lot of us don't want to see that. They're like, oh, I don't want to admit that maybe I didn't because it's a piss off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, that's that irritating. Oh God, do I have to tell everybody that I, you know, and it's like, yeah, yeah maybe. Um, and that's the power. That's the, you know, that's maybe the, the perceived burden of having to establish boundaries or the burden of a boundary is that, yeah, there's an, a vigilance or a responsibility to your space, your time and your energy. What I want to say is that we only know a boundary needs to be set until when it's crossed. Yeah. And like, <laughs> thank you. We can't anticipate that. So I hope I'm bringing in there's forgiveness. That's yeah. that layer of forgiveness that loops in about like what you know and what you don't know. And what I want to say is how to establish a boundary is when you know when something doesn't feel right, your only responsibility is communicating it or, or with yourself first being like, wow, that doesn't feel good. Um, and communicating it to other people. And it doesn't even have to be. So I think the instinct is to blame you did this or you should have known or da da da. And we can change that around through admission, which is I'm noticing when this happens, it feels really uncomfortable for me. Um, and can we brainstorm about other ways like to do or be, to do things differently or to be differently? So it's more fluid than I think we would like it to be. Mm. But over time, you, this is where we start retraining ourselves about what we like, what feels good, what we need, what we don't need. It's an ongoing, you know, evolution and it's, um, it's always alive. So it does require a lot of attention and care. I think that the problem is also like, I think my coping strategy is then to avoid. Yeah. Thank that's, you. That's quicker and easier. That's exactly right. So that's why I'm existing in this life mm -hmm. <laughs> because that shuts down the very thing that we're here to do. When we start avoiding, because I lived this, I started mm -hmm. avoiding people, places, things, conversations until my life, I was like living in the closet of my mm -hmm. life and the mm -hmm. life was my, a mansion. And I was yeah. like, no, no, everybody's having a great time. Like I can hear everybody in the kitchen but I'm good over here. Like there were moments where I felt like I just, um, I have to avoid that person because I don't want to have a, a, a conflicting conversation or like, a, I don't want, I don't know how to be with this truth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for saying that because that's a crime to me against the soul to be like, mm -hmm. well, the only choice is to avoid. And I know that that's an innocent first place to go. And it's not, it's actually quite smart. I think in the beginning, yeah, by all means avoid, um, and avoid. So here's what I would, I would want to throw out there. What I did was I avoided, but I avoided with, um, almost like purpose. I avoided with like, all right, I need some time and some space and some 
clarity for me to figure this out. How do I feel? What am I noticing? What words could I put around it? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah. It's often, if, if you don't have time for that or you get stuck in the sort of a loop, then, then I think, yes, I avoid. It's just like, oh, I'll work at home and, you know, not deal with this thing. So, so this is great because there's, I think there's two ways. I think we're jumping ahead of it, but I think what you're saying is like, there's, you can create boundaries in the moment. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a masterful thing to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think, I think we can create boundaries in the moment consciously, I think was what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, or we can create boundaries after or in between episodes or incidents. Yeah. Um, and so what I did was, I'll just give you an example, and it's, there's so many ways of doing this, but when I said, you know, every time I'll speak up, I could have just left it there, okay? I could have been like, wow, that was really profound. <laughs> I've got it all figured out. Mm -hmm. I've got a plan, and that's it. And, but part of me knew more, and it was like, no, 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 no. You, you're going to leave this bedroom, and you're going to go out into the world, and something's going to happen and we need more than that. We need more than you're just going to speak up. I mean, how perfect does that sound? Oh, it's going to be so easy because the first thing you said was that it's the hardest thing to do is to actually speak up. And I knew myself enough, excuse me, that I was going to get swept up by the next wave of someone else's needs, of someone else's energy, of someone else's, the powerful people, you know, the people that kind of had their feet up or they had their back foot planted. And if I didn't have my back foot planted, you know, how was I going to like survive or navigate out there? And so, so I came up with a very simple phrase. I was like, okay, what do I do when I'm prepared? And what do I do when I'm not prepared? Okay. And when I was prepared, I would say like when I felt, cause I had to ask myself, how does it feel when my boundaries, when I feel compromised? And man, I knew that feeling so well by that point. I could feel it in my stomach. I would get nervous. I'd get hot. Um, I'd want to cry. That mm. was, uh, I get hot in the face. Um, I say, somebody says something in a room or they, or they offend me. That mm. would be the worst scenario. Um, that They offend me or if it's like really they're on me on something or like, oh. And it's like, that's not okay. Um, and then, and I was like, okay, I'll say, what do you mean? What's like, what's not okay? Like, gosh, you know, you're so sensitive. Ugh. And if yeah. I knew the answer, I would be like, well, I'll just say what I think. Like that, what you said hurt me or bothered me or, or whatever. The other one was, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why yet, okay. but give yeah. me time. I'll figure it out. Was what I said. And if you're interested, I'll let you know. But okay. whatever you just did, fundamentally not okay with me. So here's what I learned by doing that. I didn't have to do it a lot because uh, I didn't have to do it a lot because once I started doing it, people started changing the way they behaved around me because they didn't want the conflict. They didn't want to be called out. They didn't want to be held accountable for their actions. So they all of a sudden energetically knew I can't behave like that around Carrie Ann. I can't say stuff like that around Carrie Ann because she'll call me out. And guess what? She doesn't even call me out with like a point, <laughs> which, which I think was also really foreign to people. And so I would say, I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out. I need time to process stuff, but something in my gut says something happened. Guess what is what I would say. It could be a hundred percent me and mm. thank you. And I'll figure it out, but I'll let you know if you're interested, but maybe there's something for me to offer you. I don't know. 
Um, but I'm going to go find out. But in the meantime, mm, stop that. <laughs> or or I'll have to go or like maybe I'll have to leave or something. And I don't want to. Like it was total admission. I don't really want to go. I like you. We normally get along, but that wasn't cool. Um, so you can kind of play from a really admissive place, which doesn't sound threatening. It doesn't sound like blame. And it has something sit in the room of like, then they're going to be like, I wonder what it was. You know, I wonder. Yeah. Without them feeling like I got to defend myself or whatever. Um, and it's not always supposed to be interrupting. Disruptive is the word. Yeah, it is. It is difficult, but I don't think, um, can you imagine if uh, it doesn't make sense for us not to have those conflicts? Because um, where's yeah, the growth? Some, yeah, sometimes it works. Like I have a, a colleague um, who used to get, like he's a, a, a type of person, like an older man, and you have a lot of older men who really think they got it all together and they always have these really long-winded explanations type of thing, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it is about. And and I used to get really annoyed with him. And he would say things like, oh, you know, if we have time, I'll explain it to you later, kind of really condescending. And I actually managed to sort of, well, we had to do a project together. And... Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to do it, but at some point I was like, okay, well, you know, we can do this together um, and we'll be a great team. He said, because you're, you can be really long winded. And I saw him getting a bit, you know, defensive and I, and I, and I said, and I'm usually too short, you know, like too straight to the point. So I reckon between us, we'll do it just right, <laughs> this presentation at work. And then he sort of, you know, chose to see the fun in that. And um, even made a joke about it. Well, we did, of course, we had to do this presentation for all our colleagues. Mm -hmm. So asked like, okay, was that too long kind of thing? I'm like, no, that's perfect. You did really well, you know. So sometimes that works with the, with the boundary. But I, I, then I think I wait too long and then get to the aggressive bit just because you, you said that really well, the cornered animal thing. <laughs> So, and I was just like, don't ask me anything. I don't want to hear anyone else, like when I'm a student or a colleague, like, oh, can I just ask you one question? I was like, no, no, no questions. I don't want to hear any questions, none. Well, this is the place, that, thank you, because that's yeah. what happens when we don't police or we don't monitor our energy or how we feel, we don't check in. If we don't do that frequently and take full responsibility for what we're saying yes and no to you get you bet we're just sore and raw and we feel put upon and we feel react for basically pulling the scab off the wound they get all the good stuff meaning it's not so great they get all the bad energy and then we end up making a terrible impression and, yes. and then we end up feeling this cycle goes back and then we get to feel bad about ourselves and da -da 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 -da. like you can see how it goes yeah so this is where um, that slowing down and tuning in and taking full responsibility for your situation, for all, for you being the main star of the play, how you're conducting yourself, how you're interacting, how you're participating with your life uh, and admitting it, being like, OK, here's what I tend to do, not from a place of blame. Here's what I tend to do. Here are my tendencies. Mm. Right. Um, because there's this uh, the word tolerate is all over boundaries. As I was saying, there's places to set boundaries up, which is in the moment, which is, I think, uh, an amazing 
thing to do if you're like really on it, but you don't actually have to even be on it to create the boundary. Um, I had a client once that said she was in a meeting and some, she was like a minute late or something and her boss was a cornered animal. She, her boss was a total cornered animal and she was like the straw that broke the camel's back and she was like making all these passive aggressive comments about, well, thank God you're here and now we can finally start. And she wasn't even really late. Like it was, it was, there was a lot of uh, her boss or supervisor projecting her energy, her shit onto this one woman. And she had no idea she was creating a boundary when she did it. She was just telling me a story. And she said, so I said to her, can you explain like how I am such, how I'm like really disruptive to this? Like she, she used the woman's words and said, can you help me understand what you mean? It sounds like, she said, it sounds like you're blaming me for like something. Oh, and the woman was like, no, 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 that's fine. You know, like just completely backed off. And it was a really uh, turning point for my client because she said it was so interesting. Everything changed in the room. Like she, she loosened up. She was like, no, I'm sorry. And she started, her boss started admitting to the whole room no, sorry, you guys, I'm just a little tense. This happened and this happened and this happened. And uh, she just became this sort of overflowing fountain of like, <laughs> here's where I'm at. And then began again from a place that was totally different. Yeah, and I said, well, true. welcome, welcome to creating a boundary. And my client said, I did, is that what I did? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes. Oh my God, is that all? And I said, yeah, you just simply said, listen, something, can you, that's not okay. She didn't have to say that's not okay. She's like, can you just as simple? Can you help me understand where you're coming from? Because we'll just tolerate. There it is. We'll tolerate certain behaviors because we want to be kind. We want to be polite. And we want to be. We don't, don't rock the boat. However, sometimes that supervisor or manager of hers, that was such a gift she gave her manager. But if she hadn't, like, it would just would have spilled over and it would have continued. But she had that opportunity and her supervisor took it and was like, oh, you know, I see that I'm being an asshole. <laughs> and so, da, 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 da. And they, the meeting went on and it was actually a very productive meeting or whatever. But so that becomes mm. such a beautiful representation of like your honesty is needed or your, your curiosity or even those questions. And yeah, you're setting a really good boundary right there to say, hey, by the way, I don't accept what you're saying. And I'm going to mirror it back to you and show you. Yeah, it's, but it's not easy. I think it really challenges that nature. Yeah. Right. And your, and your feeling of self-worth and yeah. Especially when you're holding a lot of doubt around it from yeah. childhood stuff, from your whole experience. Yeah. So there's got to be a lot of forgiveness in this process. And I, I really love where we stepped into this because it's really in that beginning place. Yeah. Um, because there's a time to, to create a boundary in the moment but guess what? Here's the other myth that I want to leave us with. So this is another myth that I want to dispel that once it's happened and you're feeling all the, the realness about like, you know, the self-loathing or the regret or the upset or the mess that has been made either in you or around you because a boundary wasn't either established or maintained mm -hmm. is that it is never too late to clean that shit up. Uh, and I talk a lot about do-overs. Um, mm -hmm. 
if I haven't responded in the moment and I let, and I tolerate some stuff and it just, I let it go. And then I, the more you become aware of it, it almost, it becomes harder because you're seeing it and you know, like in a really gross way, what's happening, that, you, that there's so much learning in that about like, wow, what did you watch play out fully aware this time? Because I think we do go around in circles and we see things from a different vantage point. So I don't think it, life just isn't that perfect where we figure this stuff out. Oh, I'm going to speak up when I'm compromised and then I'm just going to do it and we're going to be done with it. Yeah. Um, so I had to move through almost like I'd go this far in and then I'd go that far in. And then, you know, I saw what it was like the first time when I did it in the moment. Right. But there were a lot of moments that went and that came and went that I didn't say anything, but then I played around with when it's done. Now what, you know, have I, have I basically trained them how to treat me? You know, how do I stop that from happening? Well, there's, um, there's a, you can still call that person up or say to them, listen, what you said the other day, I need you to know that Da, 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 da. like that wasn't okay or here's why it wasn't okay or here's what I've learned so regardless of you if whether you said it to the person or not you still get to give yourself some time to respond and figure your stuff out and then have a conversation with how you want things to go in the future and invite them into another way of being with you and one of the you know one of the best boundary makers in my life has been slowing down and, and giving myself time to sit in answers before I say them. So I used to be an immediate yes. Yeah. <laughs> what do you need? Yes, whatever it is. I love you. I love everybody. Um, yeah, and no, I was I've, like, I've learned that one, yes. So I'll think about it. Let me get back to you. And to not respond to emails straight away. Yes. Yeah, that your life, your time, your energy, your relationships with yourself and other people deserve the time to consider bring maybe other people in you know how will this impact us i mean i my husband bless him i've made so many decisions in the past that involved him that i never consulted him on uh, and now there's a lot more slowing down and a lot more consideration and that's really hard to see as well um almost like a stripping down of like oh i didn't mean to do that because it's not really something i would ever mean to do and it's important for me to see, I think it's important for us to see the full spectrum. And that means us slowing down and seeing those weaker parts of our boundaries that don't get the loving attention that they deserve. And that sometimes it makes us, mm, like, it's like being with the shadowy side of ourselves, the part that we don't often want to talk about or admit it, that's there. But that part definitely is worthy and needs our attention. And that's why it shows up. So a lot of us misconstrue that. They just think, well, that's showing up to prove that I'm a shit or I'm unworthy or whatever. And it's like, what if it was just showing up, that soft spot that people are poking? What if it's showing up to just let me know, A, it's there. And that it's something that deserves my attention and love and consideration. And how, you know, what can I learn from that? And how can I create something new moving forward? You know, whether it's a new agreement or a new rule like that, you know, one that I came up with, um, you get to create your own and whatever is really unique or important for you. So. So there we are. <laughs> so what are you taking out into your life? Yeah, I would love to hear back from you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that the time, taking time is a 
is a, a very good one and one that I try, but because I'm like really quick thinker, um, I'm used to reacting straight away. And I used to, you know, react before I actually thought about it because it goes so quickly and it just would come out. And and uh, the same with, um, you know, emails or whatever, I get it. And I did like, this is react, you know. Um, so I, I have taught myself to not do that or catch myself like, no, 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 this is going to be really awkward. Just don't react. And some things actually seem to be solved by themselves, by me not reacting and not taking the responsibility. But it's something I really have to, or maybe suppress is not the right word, but that's my first instinct is to react really quickly. And I'm, I'm very impatient. So, yeah, I think that sit with it, don't react is a really good good one to keep practicing. That's wonderful. And, I, you know, I just not to play devil's advocate, it's a yes and. It's like, yeah, um, each one of us listening to this gets to tune in about what can I play with around this? So what you've done, Lucienne, has brought up a really good point. And I just want to maybe I'll end with this, is that you notice what your tendencies are. Just admit them. My tendencies are to respond right away. So let's see what it's like when I play with this. It's like playing with form. It's like we're here to play, right? Yeah. Um, and, re, you know, because there's some people that are like, oh, sometimes I don't even respond and I just stay quiet all the time and I don't say anything and then I stew and then I feel bad and I feel confused and then I just don't want to even engage at all. And then we enter this like shut down, be nice uh, and just maintain that status quo. Um, that's what's very suggestive, especially what I say is my husband. <laughs> but, he came into my life as his email person. Like we met online very serendipitously. I put an ad in a place that I didn't mean mean to, so to speak. There's more to it. But and he responded to it. And I was like, oh, what have I done? I didn't know what I've done. And why would I, you know, maybe I'll talk to you, maybe I won't. And he made a joke, and I didn't know it was a joke. He was like, Oh, you're like this go for a dog's body secretary. He was just, he was an Australian. So say no more. Love you, Aussies. I ended up marrying him. But in the moment after that abusive relationship, after two years of trying to heal to try and restock my shelves, I sort of opened myself up to the world. And I ended up having this exchange with this person that was like completely infringing all my stuff. And he was like making fun of whatever. And I just felt like in the moment, I didn't even think, which was so not like me. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I just <laughs> let him have it. And I was like, you SOB and this and that. And don't forget your bug protector. <laughs> I literally was like, just reborn in the moment. And I was like, God, that was so irrational. Like it was so <laughs> rational, it was so good. And I don't know him anything. And I had my little guns out. Poo -poo -poo. And, um, and then he, and I just thought, that's it. Oh my God, I've just broken a spell. Like the spell is broken. That is over. That being reactive helped do that. And he wrote me right back, which I didn't understand the internet at the time. And I was completely bizarre. I was like, what? Oh my God, he just got my message and he's writing me back. And he wrote, I think I'm going to like our little chats with this like cheeky little smiley face. And I just had this, like, I just was so embarrassed because I then in that moment, I realized he was joking and I was obviously super wounded and messed up and like reactive. No, he was just like, oh, like, this will be like, you're funny. I don't know. And that ended up creating a relationship 
that was so honest. Like I could be batshit crazy or like my normal self. And I had never had that range in a relationship. So there's a yes and like, yeah, you get to slow down and like be more thoughtful, play with that spectrum about how you respond and how you engage um, and hold it lightly. And the learning, the learning is the most important thing. Circle back. What did I notice? What do I want to do more of? Um, how else could I speak up with myself first and then feel like grounded and that back foot planted so I can speak from a place that I feel safe. Um, so I think it's all, all a part of it. And I thank you so much for being here, Lucianne. And I'm going to post, um, if you could send me the link to the page that you've, or the group that you've created. Yes, yes, I will. And thank you for, for having me on the chat. I really enjoyed it. I loved having you and um, say hello to the Netherlands. Keep the conversation going if you have any questions, because again, there's so much to cover here, but I really think we got a lot of the intro stuff covered, which I'm really grateful for. And I thank you so much for being here, Lucienne. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Human AF. We hope you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight into the human experience. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and share your thoughts with us. Feel free to join the conversation in our Radical Acceptance Facebook group, where you can connect with like-minded people and ask questions. Also, visit our website at carrieannlivingston.com to learn more about the topics we cover and the integration work we do. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.